Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. All right, today we're going to be in Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 37. Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 37. I I entitled this simply, Be on guard, be alert, and stay awake. Be on guard, be alert, and stay awake. We'll look at the teaching in three parts. We'll look at the beginning of birthing pains in verses 1 through 8. Uh, Be on guard in verses 9 through 27. And then be awake. Be awake in verses 28 through 37. So this week we actually will spend some time talking about the Olivet Discourse. And uh, you may be wondering why we're trying to cover a whole chapter at one time. And the reason simply is because we uh, went through a great detail of the Olivet Discourse, which is end time prophecy, uh, the, the, the uh, second coming of Christ, uh, talking about the Antichrist, the tribulation, all those things. Uh, we just finished the book of Daniel in May. Uh, which we went into great detail, uh, breaking down the actual events of how the tribulation will happen, uh, the Antichrist coming on the scene, the abomination of desolation. Uh, we talked about the New World Order. We, we actually gave you signs that were pointing to that um, throughout those teachings, and especially when we got to Daniel chapter uh, 9 and chapter 12 or actually pretty much nine through the, the end of the chapter. We really got into it pretty pretty heavily. And so if you are wondering, like, I, I would really like to get more of that, uh, more in-depth on this, you can go to those teachings and uh, online. Uh, they're all available on audio and video. Uh, all the I think it's all on YouTube. It's all done by book. And so all the teachings from Daniel are on there as well as all the audio teachings are available as well. So, I mean, wherever you find podcasts, Audible, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, uh, pretty much everywhere, iHeartRadio, all of them, you can find all these teachings online. Uh, And and so we try to make sure they're available for uh, y'all for that purpose. And so you can can go back and re-listen to them if you need to or either go uh, check them out. Um, so yeah, please do that. So the Olivet Discourse is, is uh, actually covered in the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Um, the Synoptic Gospels, remember how we explained what the Synoptic Gospels is? The easiest way is to remember uh, it is uh, different camera angles. And each author uh, may have a different way of, of sharing. Uh, and, and Matthew is, is probably the most detailed out of the three of the Olivet Discourse. Um, but remember, we're in a verse-by-verse teaching of Mark, so we'll refer to the book of Matthew 
uh, a little bit as we dive into our teaching today. So let's go ahead and and get into it. It's uh, the beginning of birthing pains in verse 1. And it says, And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what a wonderful what wonderful buildings now when i read that it's it's kind of random because if you think about it last week when we left off jesus was uh watching people as they placed money into the offering uh boxes and so he was watching them as that was happening and then next thing you know we're we just jump into this conversation of look teacher what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings um, and so Matthew gives us a little more insight on it because there was a conversation that was happening uh, prior to that statement. And so when we look at Matthew chapter 23 and verse 37, it says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who aren't sent to it, how often would I have gathered your children together as hens gathers her brood under her wings and you were not willing See, your house is left to you desolate, for I will tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The house being desolate, the, the house he's speaking of is the temple. And, and so, and it's until Israel will receive him when he comes again, because he was rejected. Uh, and so that's what we see is as, so when we read that, look, teacher, what wonderful stones, what wonderful buildings, we see this was the conversation that was happening. Matthew kind of covers it. And he was talking about the house that would be left desolate, the temple. Now you understand why the disciple points this out. And, and but at the end of the day, it's like, I, you can imagine, like you look at any building and you think it can never come down. And, I, and, and I'll simply just share, you know, 9-11. Nobody thought the World Trade Center could come down, either building. Uh, and they did. And, and so it's just a, a reminder to us, you know, as, as we point out these huge buildings that we have, you know, they're, they're all going to be burnt up. Um, and I, it's going to get further into the, the conversation because, I mean, if you think about it, the temple to them would have been something so magnificent. It was 18 stories high. During this time, the, the temple was 18 story high, stories high. And so for us, we have buildings that we think that, oh, it could never come down. Um, but they can. They can. I mean, the, the retaining wall alone was, uh, some of the stones were some uh, six feet high, six to seven feet high and 47 feet long. And, and Herod wanted to create the temple to be his legacy. Uh, this was the thing that he wanted to be known for, uh, was the temple and the buildings that surrounded the temple. And, and it would be known that Herod, uh, uh, this would, would be his legacy to be known for. And, and even the bridge that was made was some 250 uh, feet above the valley, uh, heading into the temple and so it and they used a great amount of gold a great amount of gold uh, to uh, put into the temple and this is what Herod wanted Herod had to get approval for this and, and Herod actually gathered all the material before the building was ever put together 
uh, before the temple was ever put together. So you can imagine the, the, the disciples are like, man, this is 18 stories high. Look at these buildings, right? But remember what John, in John chapter 2, verses 18 through 21, when Jesus said this, So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? And Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. And the Jews said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days. But he was speaking about the temple of his body. But do you understand now, so 18 stories high, 46 years to build. And, and they thought it could never be destroyed. And yet Jesus has been in the temple. Remember, he, he chased out the money changers. He, um, he, he taught in the temple. Um, you know, and, and so what is Jesus saying? Jesus said to them, do you see these great buildings? This is in verse two. Uh, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. 18 stories high, 46 years to build. And in 70 AD by general Titus, the temple was destroyed. And the whole purpose for the temple to be the stones to be overturned was because when they set fire to the, the, the temple, the gold melted and the gold seeped into the cracks between the stones and they wanted the gold. And so they flipped the stones and turned every stone over so they could get the gold. And Jesus predicts this. So this is a prophecy that was fulfilled. Jesus predicted this in 33 AD. And this happens in 70 AD. So it's a reminder to us that God's prophecies, all of God's prophecies will be fulfilled and God's prophecies are 100% accurate. So there are some things that are going to happen that we're going to talk about as we get into the Olivet Discourse where you go with well, these things that have never happened yet. But they will. They will. And, and we've shown you uh, just through the book of Daniel alone how accurate the prophecies are and how they're fulfilled uh, just as we went over the different empires that fell and how God, God gave that to Daniel and how each empire fell, you know, and the Medes and the Persians and the Greek, the, the Greek, uh, the Greeks, and then the, the Roman Empire comes in. And, and it's like every one of them, every one of them, uh, Daniel uh, predicted uh, through the prophecy given to him by uh, by the Lord. And, and so God's prophecies uh, prove the, the accuracy and the authenticity of, of the Bible. And so we need to remember that. We get into uh, the Olivet Discourse now in, in verse 3. And it says, And he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple. So why is it called the Olivet Discourse? That's the purpose. He sat on the Mount of Olives. So you can imagine Jesus is standing Behind him is the temple, opposite uh, the temple. And, and, and he's teaching James, John, and Andrew and asked him privately, tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished. Uh, so Jesus has is, is left the temple and he's going to begin to answer these questions as he stands uh, on the Mount of, or sat on the Mount of Olives. And, and begins to answer these. And I love the, the way that Matthew 
uh, shares in Matthew chapter 23, verse 3. It says, and, and one of the things that he added was the sign of, of your coming and the end of the age. The sign of your coming and the end of the age. Because all they asked was, when will this, uh, you know, when, what will be the signs and when will these things all be accomplished? But there's a little more detail. The sign of your coming, Jesus, your second coming, and, and the end of the age. Because remember, it, it, these things won't click for them until after the resurrection. Uh, let's look at verse 5. It says, And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. In the Greek, uh, one of the things that I love about that word astray in the Greek means to, to wander, to roam. But one of the things that really stuck out to me was to be led away from the truth. To be led away from the truth. To be led into error and sin. That's what that word means into the, in the Greek. It means astray means to be led away from the truth and then you're led into error and sin. And that's what the devil does. Uh, the devil creates confusion and loves to steer people in the wrong direction through deception and misinformation. Uh, he is the father of lies. Uh, the deceiver of the world in Revelation 12, verse 9. But it says, but, you know, one of the things is, is don't allow yourself to be led astray from the truth. And we had so many brothers and sisters that never returned from COVID. And, and the further you get away from the Word of God, the easier it is for you to be led away from the truth. Look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 17 with me. Philippians chapter 3, verse 17. It says, Brothers, join and imitate me. This is the Apostle Paul. Keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. And this is the very important part here from verses 18 through 20. It says, For many of whom I have often told you now, tell you even in, uh, with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. Uh, they glory in their shame with the mindset on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Did you get that? Their, their mind is set on earthly things. It is so much easier for you to be led astray and led into sin and error when your mind is set on earthly things. It's like, don't be led astray. Uh, right now, I think they said one in three uh, people have returned from COVID uh, back to the church. Uh, and, and it's sad. Uh, we talked about it this past week, just the amount of people that don't read the Word of God that, are, that call themselves Christians on a daily basis. I think it's only 32% that actually read God's Word daily. Remember, it's going to be easier for you to be led astray if you're not in, in the Word of God. If your relationship is strained and, you, and the further you get away from your relationship, that's why so many people were just like, I'm just not going to return to church or I'm going to watch it online. And then the next thing you know, they're watching the Cowboys game. Oh, there's football on. Oh, let me start the barbecue a little bit early. I'll catch it. I'll watch it later. And you never watch it later. And then the next thing you know, you do that for a few weeks. You get further and further away from the truth. You get led away. And, and, and the devil don't need to do anything different with you. Right? 
he he's he knows how to deceive you. He knows what what you'll fall to, into and and what deceptions work with you, and he just does it. Jesus says this in Mark thirteen verse six. He says, "Many will come in my name, saying I am He, and they will lead many astray." So many will be led away from the truth and into sin and error because they'll say what they'll they'll say. I am He. I am Jesus. Do you realize that there are seven different people in the country right now that claim to be Jesus Christ? Seven. And there have been people in the past. You know, you think about David Koresh and, and Waco and Lord have mercy. I mean, the, the first indicator that he wasn't Jesus is he had glasses on. Jesus doesn't need corrective lenses. I mean, that's... But again, you test it to the truth of God's Word. But if you're not in the truth of God's Word, you will be led astray from the truth. But there are people in England, Brazil, Russia, South Africa, Japan, the Philippines, and, and Zambia. Uh, and there, you have people that are uh, retired. One's a uh, retired traffic cop. One's a British spy. One was a taxi driver. Another one in Brazil is is is, is it goes around in a white robe with a white crown and has devoted female disciples and lives in a compound, and he's pulled behind an electric. Uh, like a, a fringe red satin platform on heels that it, that they pull them with, and they they have huge followings, huge followings, right? Matthew seven fifteen says, "Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves." And this is Jesus reminding you that hey, there are going to be people that come and say that I am He, and you are not to be led astray. But today, today people are being led astray. And, and it's sad, but it's happening. Now we see in, in, in verse 7, it says, And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed, this must take place. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. And uh, these are but the beginning of birthing pains or birth pains. Some of you may have the uh, uh, beginning of sorrows is, is what you have. And some of you may have, uh, instead of famines, you may have pestilence there, which is uh, disease. And, and so first sign that we have is rumors of wars, right? And, and we have, we just had the Abraham Accord that was signed. We had, uh, we have the NATO and the United Nations. And can I tell you, it doesn't matter how many treaties that are signed. There'll never be peace in this world until there's a false peace that's brought by the Antichrist. And that's when people will fall. There, there won't be peace in this world because lovers, uh, men are lovers of, of, of self. Men are lovers of, of darkness. They'll always break their peace agreements because they always want more. And there'll always be wars. And, and the wars will increase and get worse. That's what birthing pains do. 
The second sign that we have is earthquakes, famine, and diseases, right? Um, and and one of the things that, that, that we know is that it, there'll be earthquakes in places we never expected them to be. Like Oklahoma's having earthquakes pretty much consistent now. And they've never had them. And then you have places like my hometown where I come from in Charleston, South Carolina. They had their first earthquake this year of 1.4 magnitude. It's not much, but they're starting to happen and they'll increase and they'll increase in places that you never expected them to be. You know, one of the things it talks about is earthquakes. So the earthquakes will, will increase in frequency and there will be famines. Some of y'all may have pestilence, right? Or diseases. Now, I'm not going to get into all of that because we know that there are pandemics that have already happened. We know things like typhoid, polio are all on the rise again. We know that we have man-made pandemics that have, uh, that have been done. Um, they'll increase. They'll increase. And, and, and again, with birthing pains, that's why it says these are but the beginning of birthing pains. Think about it. Birthing pains start, maybe contractions started every 10 minutes, every 8 minutes, every 6 minutes, every 5 minutes, every 4 minutes. And every time they increase, the pains get worse. Right? World War One, we had the Great War, and then we had World War Two. We just had rumors of World War Three, and these things will increase. These are all signs that we need to be looking out for. Now that we see the beginning of birthing pains, let's look at our second point, which is be on guard. In verse nine, it says, "But but on your but be on your guard." Let me get it out right. But be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to council councils and you will be beaten in the synagogues and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them now this is not just the disciples but it'll be us as well there'll be some of um, uh, maybe our kids our grandkids you know, just never know that may go through this and this is happening and and across the world especially in places like uh, uh, china and uh, north korea and uh, iran and throughout the middle east uh, where they are being delivered up and being beaten. Um, but for the disciples, this would have been very familiar to them and, and would have been like, oh man, Jesus said this and it's happening. In Acts chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it says, And they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead, and they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. Now, understand that they'll get beaten down the road, and Paul was beaten as well. Um, it's a reminder to us that what is the thing that's going to annoy them is that you are proclaiming Jesus. That'll be the thing <clears throat> that causes issues. And then it says in verse 10, and the gospel must be proclaimed to all nations. Yes. And, and I love this because honestly, this is the foundation of the church. Um, we've gotten kind of uh, things a little backwards, meaning that we've gotten so focused on trying to make sure we have all these different ministries and things that we can do to serve the church. And the, the foundation of the church is the Word of God. And then 
sharing the gospel, making disciples. Right? Those are the foundational things that we need to do. And one of the things I love is stuff like the radio, stuff like uh, the internet where you have podcasts that go out and the word of God goes out, radio goes out, the Christian radio, and, and there are, the gospel's going out throughout the world. And it is. And one of the things I love is as you read about the tribulation period, even during the rapture, uh, even when the Antichrist is wreaking havoc, the, the Lord will raise up witnesses in the world, 144,000 believing Jews in Revelation chapter 7, verses 4 through 8. And then there'll be the two resurrected witnesses in Revelation 11, verses 1 through 13. You can read those when you get time. And then you'll have an angel from heaven who will continually proclaim the good news of salvation in Revelation 14, verses 6 and 7. Because he wants to give everyone the opportunity, everyone the opportunity to come to know him. No one will be able to say that I never was given the opportunity to know Christ. Sadly, yeah. Uh, and then in verse 11 it says, And when they bring you to trial and deliver you uh, over, do not be anxious before uh, beforehand what you are to say, but whatever is given to you that hour, for it, it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Acts 4.13, and, and I love this. It says, Now then, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished. And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. They recognized, and I love this, because the, the reason they, they spoke, right, with boldness is because of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things I think that we need more of is this, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. I would say that many of us need to stop speaking and allow the Holy Spirit to guide our speech. That, that's something that hit me on the way home yesterday. That wasn't in the original teaching, but it was like, you know what? We need to, we need to ask the Holy Spirit to, to speak. Lord, give me the words. Because some of us speak and we shouldn't. And, and we're because we're speaking in the flesh and not the Spirit. But the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak. Verse 12 says this, And brother will deliver brother over to death, and father his child, and children will rise against his parents, and have them put to death, and you will be hated uh, by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Now these things are happening now, not necessarily in the United States, but they're happening in Iran, uh, China, North Korea, and throughout the Middle East, where people, even in some parts of Africa, Northern Africa, where if, if you uh, claim to be a follower of Christ, the father will have the child put to death or put in prison. Uh, the parent will have uh, the the children will have the parent put in, in prison or jail, or put to death, or either the brother will will uh, you know rat out his own brother and say he's a follower of Jesus, and they'll put him to jail, uh, put him in jail, or put him to death. And persecution is coming; it's increasing in the United States. They're looking at blaming everything on Christians now, whether it's Roe versus Wade or. I think even some of the election stuff, they're starting to, you know, push it as this that's the Christian right that's trying to and it's not that, man. It's we're not the Christian right or left. We're we're followers of Christ. So just remember that. I mean, persecution will come. You need to be ready and and again understand that uh, you cling to Christ. 
uh, when that when that stuff happens. And at the same time, allow the Holy Spirit to give you the words to speak. Verse 13 says, And you will be hated by all uh, for my name's sake, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. James chapter 1, verse 12 says this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which is God, which God has promised to those who love him. So we are to remain steadfast under trial and just be ready uh, to stand, uh, stand and, and, and stand in faith. Uh, verse 14, but when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, uh, meaning that this is the Antichrist, let the reader understand, then let those who are on, uh, who are in Judea, to the uh, Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the, the house, housetop not go uh, down, nor in, enter his house to take anything out. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And at last, uh, women who are pregnant and, and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that it, uh, it may not happen in winter. For in those days there will be, uh, be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of creation that God created until now and never will be. And if, if the Lord had not cut it, Short the days, no human being would be saved, but for the, uh, the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. And uh, Tribulation period, we kind of went over that uh, again in Daniel chapter 9 as we started talking about that. And we actually break down uh, the tribulation all the way up until the abomination of desolation and then the great tribulation, the second half of the tribulation. Uh, but one of the things that we need to make sure we establish, because we are Calvary Chapel, uh, we believe in pre-trib, we believe that the church is, is already taken up. What is the next thing that needs to happen for that to happen? There's no other prophecy that needs to be fulfilled for the church to be raptured. And that can happen at any moment. Um, but I think one of the hints that we see is that it says, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. The church is no longer here. Uh, the age of the Gentile is done, and God is focused on on uh, uh, the the nation of Israel at this point. Uh, not saying that not every, anyone can be saved. It's just he's really focused on saving uh, the nation of Israel, his people. Uh, and everything's taking place in in Judea, and because remember, he has to have a temple to walk into for all of this stuff to happen. And the Antichrist is going to be a guy that everybody's going to love. But the second half, he's going to be revealed. He'll be able to bring peace together. He'll be able to bring the, the nation of Israel together into a place of peace. And then the abomination of desolation will happen. But it says this, and this is very important, Daniel chapter 11, verse 36. It says, And the king shall do as he will wills. He shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god, little g, so every false god, Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim, every false god that, that's been created, he's going to even put himself above that. So all roads to the Antichrist, right? <laughs> he's the god. And shall speak astonishing things against the god of gods, big G, right? He's even going to speak things against God. 
and he shall uh, he shall prosper till the indignation is accomplished for what is the decree shall be done that's in Daniel 11:36 so again don't be led astray from the truth of God the antichrist and the abomination of desolation and the great tribulation begins and nobody thought this would happen because they go well there's no there was no nation of Israel well in 1948 that became a, they became a nation uh, just recently, in, in uh, 2017, they were recognized as uh, uh, Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. There is money sitting, waiting for the temple to be rebuilt. But remember, in order for the abomination of desolation to happen, the temple needs to be there. And so, for the Antichrist to walk into and, and do the abomination of desolation. And you can, like I said, you can go to the book of Daniel, the teachings we have. We go into, we, we go really in-depth into this. And, and so uh, please go and listen to those. It'll help you out quite a bit. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 9 through 12 says this. The coming of the lawless one is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders. So you see what happens. The Antichrist will be able to uh, to be able to do false signs and wonders through Satan, through the power that Satan has. And then it says in verse 10, And with all the wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth. Again, don't be pulled from the truth. Don't astray from the truth of God's word. And so be saved. And right, it says, so they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. So they mean they have re they refuse the truth, they re rejected salvation. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false. So they'll, they'll completely fall head over heels with the Antichrist in order that all may be con uh, condemned who do not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So he's saying, look, they refused me. They refuse the love, they refuse the truth, and they refuse to be saved. They'll be, they'll be given over to a delusion. And so you are not to be led astray, you know, right? And, and so uh, 2 Peter uh, 3 verses 9 and 10, uh, when people ask the question, when is Jesus going to return? Why hasn't Jesus returned? Uh, we've heard this from the Christians for so long, uh, you know, what is going on? Second Peter chapter three verses nine and ten says, "The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but it is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved in the earth." And the works that are done, it will be exposed. So for Christians, for us, is the rapture. We're supposed to be busy doing the work of the Lord until the Lord comes for the church. And, and so our eyes should be focused on the things that are eternal and not focused on the things of the earth. And because it can come like a thief in the night. It can come like a thief. The heaven's passing away. And, and it's a reminder to us, like, all of this stuff is getting burned up. All of it. And you can, you can claim to think that you can save the world. Climate change, all that stuff. You can think that you can have the, the most peace. I can create peace. Won't happen. All of it's going to be burnt up. 
But it says one of the things on the tribulation that I want to make sure you catch that it says that it, uh, such a tribulation has not been from the beginning of the creation of God, created until now, and never will be. It's going to be so bad. You think about Noah, and the world's population was wiped out, except for those on the ark, right? You think about Sodom and Gomorrah when, when fire and brimstone rained down and destroyed a city. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be worse than that. It, it, it's, it, it, you can think about any war that we've had, the worst wars that we've had. It'll be worse than those. It's something that you won't be able to imagine. The tribulation, the great tribulation is going to be. In Joel chapter 2, verse 2 says that it says, A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds, thick darkness like blackness. There is a spread upon the mountain, a great and powerful people. Their like has never been before, nor will be again after them through the years of all the generations. And Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 says this, At the time... Uh, shall arise Michael, the great prince, uh, who has charge of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never has been since. Their nation, uh, there was a nation till that time, but that at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Verse 21 of verse 13, chapter 13 says this, And then if anyone of you says to you, Look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe. For false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders. Again, what we just talked about, what was Satan going to be able to do? False prophets, false signs and wonders. To lead astray, if possible, the elect. Don't be led into sin and error. Don't be led away from the truth. Be, be mindful that there are misinformation, things that are being pulled to, to, to pull people away. Think about the technology today. That they can actually add just having a picture of you. They can have you looking like you're singing. And just think what they'll be able to do if they just have a, a snippet of your voice. And they can and they can add whatever they want. And it'll be your voice with your mouth moving. The, the technologies today, the misinformation, the deception that's out there today, it's just going to get worse. And then he tells you in verse 23, but be on guard, be on guard. I have told you all the things before, but in those days after the tribulation, the sun will darken and the moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from heaven and the power of heavens will be shaken. So the, the, the functional disturbance, right? He's talking about the sun, the moon, the stars, this the great tribulation period it is a literal thing that's going to happen the sun will darken the moon will not give light the stars will will be falling from heaven it's it's when you read that it's just like man in, in joel chapter 2 verses 30 and 31 it says i will display wonders in the sky on earth blood fire and columns of smoke the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. Verse 26 says, And they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out 
the angels and gatherers elect from the four winds and from the uh, ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Again, if anybody's saying that they're coming in the name of Jesus or I am Jesus, how is Jesus going to return? It tells you right there. The Son of Man coming in clouds. Right? How did Jesus ascend when he left? In Acts chapter 1, verses 10 and 11, it says, And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two, uh, two men stood by them in white robes and said, to the, uh, said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come the same way as you saw him go into heaven, coming in the clouds. It tells us that in Revelation chapter 1, to, uh, one, uh, chapter 1, verse 7. Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the tribes on the earth will wail on account of him. Even so, amen. And then finally, we see the last point. Be awake in verses 28 to 37. It says, For the fig tree learns its lesson as, as soon as its branches become tender and puts out its leaves, you know that the summer is near. And I love this because, again, the picture of Israel, the nation of Israel, was the fig tree that, that Jesus spoke of back in Mark chapter 11. Uh, but one of the things that's very unique about the fig tree in, in Israel is that you know when the leaves are turning. You know when the when the tree is, you know, going through different seasons, uh, unlike a lot of the trees in the area, and so that's why he he's looking, saying, "Hey, you need to look for this sign." For Christians, the rapture is the next thing that's going to happen for us, and so our sign is we are to be ready for the rapture, looking for Him. For the tribulation, the sign will be the fig tree. Like he's telling you that sign, the fig tree learns its lesson. As soon as the branches come, uh, becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. That's when the end is coming near. And so, But for us as Christians, we are to be ready for Jesus to return at any time, at any moment. In verse 29 it says, And so also when, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. If you're not going to be led astray, because you'll be led astray by many things, but God's word will not pass away. Heaven and earth will pass away, but we have the assurance of his word. And understand that people didn't listen to, to Noah as, as he shares, you know, about Jesus' return, as you see that he's at the very gates here towards the end of the tribulation, and, and people didn't listen. And people won't listen to you now. And all, even as we're waiting on the rapture, as Christians, uh, they, they, they'll spend more time focused on uh, believe in the news, believe in social networks, believe in those type of things, but they won't count on his word. They'll count on words of the other, and they'll count on the words of the world. And that's where you need to be very careful. You need to depend on his word. And we spoke about that on Wednesday night, how important it is for a follower of Christ to be in the word of God on a daily basis. This is what's got, it, it guides your life. It's how you hear from the Lord. 
You, you hear from the Lord through prayer, through, through, um, through his word, uh, through fellowship with others. Uh, God speaks to us, uh, even in those moments of silence where we're meditating on his word. But we need to be in it. If not, you'll be led astray. Verse 32, But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. So again, if anyone tries to tell you this is the date, this is the time, this is the date, the year, this is when Jesus is returning, it is a lie. Okay? If, if you see a book that's written and it's trying to give you, don't read it. It's a lie. Okay? It tells you right here in Scripture, only the Father knows. All right, it's that, it's that simple, right? Only the Father knows. There's no other way to, to read that. Uh, and then it says again, be on guard. So this is the second time he's telling you this. So anytime in Scripture Jesus repeats something or it's repeated in Scripture, no matter if it's Jesus, if Paul repeats it or you're reading it as Moses wrote in the, in the Pentateuch and it's repeated, you need to pay attention. So be on guard, keep awake. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home, put, uh, puts his servants in charge, each with his own, uh, with his work, and, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Stay awake. Keep awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight. And when the rooster crows or the morning, lest he suddenly finds you asleep. And can I tell you this? I think one of the things that I remember early on uh, in my faith is is uh, trying to understand all this. You know, when when I would read stuff about end times and and just trying to have a better understanding of it. Um, and and one of the things that I remember as I read the scripture is I remember my sergeant major. Um, we would have inspections all the time. I was prior army and they would do inspections all the time. But because we had guys that we knew that were in, um, uh, that worked in the battalion area, they knew when the inspections were going to happen because everybody would start talking. And so everybody would be ready. All the equipment would be maintenance done. Everything was ready. Our, our barracks was clean. I mean, we were just greens were, you know, we were ready for inspection. But we had this one SAR major that came in, and he didn't want anybody to know that he was going to do an inspection. So including the battalion commander, he didn't even know. He just showed up one morning at 7 a.m. right after PT and said, the bill, we're going through and doing an inspection. And I want everybody back in greens. And let me tell you something. We failed miserably because we didn't know when he was going to do this. And so that's why he's telling you this in this parable, that you need to stay awake. You need to be on guard. You need to be ready, right? Uh, and, and so for us, it's the same thing as, as the church is not going to be left to be beaten up. Uh, we're the bride of Christ. We're going to be taken up in the rapture, but you are to stay awake as well. You are to be alert. And he tells you that twice, stay awake. And he's going to tell you it again, stay awake. And then finally in verse 37, what does he say? And what I say to you, I say to you all, stay awake. Stay awake. He told you stay awake three times in these verses. 
And I would say this to you. Stay awake. Don't let anyone lead you astray from the truth. Okay? There are so many people that are being led away from the truth of God's Word, and they're being led into sin and error because they're not awake. They went to sleep. They fell into a slumber. And if you get anything from, from these, these, this teaching in Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 7, the title it really explains everything that I wanted to, to let you know. Uh, you know, which is to, to, to be on guard, to be alert, and to stay awake. Be on guard, be alert, stay awake. Okay? Be ready. The rapture can happen at any time. There's no other prophecy that needs to be fulfilled for that to happen. You should be waking up every morning saying, Lord, if this is the day that you want to show up, I'm ready. Maranatha, Maranatha, come Lord, come. But if not, I'm going to be busy doing the work that you've given me to do. Because each one of us has been prepared for good works. It's in Ephesians chapter 2. Right? You were prepared for good works. So you need to be ready to do the work that God has called you to do. And God has gifted every follower of Christ. Gifted every follower of Christ with one gift. And you're, you're to use that for the kingdom of God, to share the gospel, to make disciples. And we can't get away from that. So we need to be awake. We need to be ready. And I think a lot of us are ready for the rapture, right? We're ready for the rapture, but are we, are we thinking about the people that are here, that are left on earth, uh, that don't know Jesus, that need to know Christ? And that's really what the call is of, of, of this, is, is for us to be on guard, be alert, stay awake, and share the gospel. And that's it. That's what we should do. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.